Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. good is it on a Monday morning after the rugby league season got underway to be talking about it, be talking sport, because uh, not only did the footy start, there was plenty of sport over the weekend that we're going to chat about through the morning. Uh, Welcome to those listeners. If you're here in Sydney on SEN 1170 AM, uh, and for the first hour, we welcome you listening on SEN Q693 in Brisbane. Patton Hills will be along from 6 AM Queensland time, or if you're listening anywhere else across the SEN network, uh, it's a good morning, and well, it's not good morning. I, I, I think it is still morning. Let's let's cross to <laughs> Las Vegas. Andrew Andrew Voss, come oh. in. Thank you, Brandy. Um, yes, no, welcome, folks. And look, in advance, I will say this is a technical miracle that we've got this far this morning. We've been working on this line for the hour. So if we have any breakup of line, we apologise for that in advance. But I, let me set the scene, Brandy. Uh, wake, wake me up when this is, when because I still think I'm in a dream. So I'm broadcasting to you this morning from the 55th floor of the Resorts World Hilton Tower. It's one of three hotels, one of three 55 to 65 floor towers at this resort. It is a world in itself. I'm looking directly up the strip. To my right is the Trump Tower. I'm looking further up to the Sphere, the Venetian, Treasure Island, Caesars Palace, the Bellagio, and way off in the distance is the stadium, where last night, I'm going to go as far as saying this, dreams were made, uh, <laughs> dreams were realised. Incredible event. I, you, you can go over the top about things you've done. And I've been in this game for years, Brandy. Eight years. I've covered the Sydney Olympics. I'm going to put it up as I haven't been to a better event. I've got to think about everything I've done in my life. I haven't been to a better event. For rugby league, it's the best rugby league event I've ever been to. And, and you are talking to a man that is rugby league from head to toe. 
Well, the coverage and the build-up was enormous, so, and and it was the media saturation, and so I think the whole of Australia seemed to be on board. It didn't matter whether you're a rugby league fan or not; you were talking about Vegas because of the the media coverage. I I was I was a little bit concerned. I thought, boy, this is such a big build-up. Uh, it it's mm. and it's painted to be the the biggest thing, and 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 I agreed after watching. Uh, some of the fan day, uh, the and and things that were going on around Vegas. I thought, wow, that this is this is bigger than I thought it was going to be. I just I was worried about the ground, about the game living up to what we thought it should be. Well, it delivered. It delivered. They the the first game was everything that you wanted someone watching the game the first time to have in it. It had. It had a, it had line breaks, it had tries, it had big hits. The first game was such the perfect game to be delivered on the world stage, and and Vossi, it, it was such a success. Well, the, there's lots of reasons for the success. One, let me start with um, accessibility. Okay, now now people are going to say, oh, you're you're enti- self entitled, yeah, privilege. Yes, it is part of my job. I didn't pay for the airfare. That's correct. I haven't paid for accommodation. That's part of my job. But to the rank and file, it is accessible. It is a 14-hour flight. So if you can save up the pennies, and I wish you well, that somewhere down the track you get here, you don't actually feel really jet-lagged. Like, you can hit the ground running and, and, and live the Vegas life within hours of landing. Okay, so that's the first thing. It's a 14-hour flight. It's not like going to England and you you know what it's like, Brandy. Your eyes are hanging out of your head. So it is accessible 14 hours to the west coast of America. The stadium, Brandy, and now that is the best I've ever been to. And I've, I've called matches at Wembley. I've called matches at Old Trafford, the Theatre of Dreams, which is something extra special. Allegiant Stadium's the best stadium I've ever been to. We're here for the next five years. How good. Vegas, the city, well, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know whether you come here all the time, but you've got to experience it. You've got to make your own impression. You know, whatever floats your boat, the magic shows, the, the you know, the concerts, the, the gambling, it's an incredible city. It thrives. The, the, it, it never sleeps. So it's a wonderful venue for a, a you know, hit and run, if you like, carnival of a sport from a foreign country, from a foreign, from a foreign land. Then the vibe, Brandy. Um, so think of Magic Round. We get to go to Magic Round and everyone's excited and up. We're in Vegas. And it's 10 times more. I, I'm talking every player. Like, I don't think the players get that excited about Magic Round. Yeah, we do, media, fans. The players were bouncing around that they were playing in Vegas. Mm. <laughs> They're still bouncing around, by the way, when I went down to get my coffee this morning. I'm sure that's they are. Story. So, so, hey, good. So, so we're, we're not out of Vegas I can't yet. find a negative. <laughs> no, that's right. Just hold on to your hat. I'm just saying, from where I am, and I've been in the bubble, the Vegas bubble, I... Can not find a negative. Now that we're here forever, we're here in America forever. Yeah, there's there's no reason why it shouldn't go any longer than five years. If it, if it's as successful as it, year one was and it builds, well, there's no reason why we don't start the season in Vegas uh, for the rest of time. I, I was worried about the size of the field, and when I had a look at how close the fences were to Ooh, the yeah. sidelines, I thought, boy, if someone gets injured, if there's a bad injury. That will spoil everything. But we got away with it. Uh, mm. Daniel Tupo was the only player really to come close to injury. Mm. So we stayed away from the sidelines. 
the the narrow field didn't 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 affect the the product. It it didn't affect the product. There was enough line breaks in both games no. for people to go. Well, that that is that can be spectacular, and that's what it was. It was spectacular. Uh, now I'm looking out the window of that 55th floor, uh, along with you. I can see yep. the sun. Now we we kept, kept yeah. getting reports that the weather outside yesterday Ooh. was horrific. So the stadium roof was absolutely perfect uh, to what it was outside. Another point, yeah. So I met an Australian yesterday that was working with the NRL that had previously worked with the NRL in Australia, has lived in Vegas for the last two years, lives about 25 minutes off the strip, so basically on the edge of the desert, which which I can see in the distance now, by the way. The mountains surround Vegas. The desert's in the distance. You can see it. That person said yesterday was the first weather day that had in two years. Can you believe that? I saw the wind. I've never been in a cyclone, Brandy. I can only imagine what that's like after experiencing yesterday. I saw a portaloo flying through the sky when I got to Allegiant Stadium. It was flying through the sky. Hopefully no one was doing a crap inside there. They would have been for a great shock. It was so bad. Tom Burgess, I had a coffee with yesterday morning. He said he went out in the street. He had to bend at the waist with his head down just to walk up the street. The wind was so strong. Uh, the, the plan was the gates to open at 4.30 local time. Um, poor people had made their way to Allegiant, standing outside. Thankfully, common sense prevailed between the Allegiant Stadium people and the NRL. They were able to coordinate for the gates earlier for the safety of the patrons. It was dangerous to be outside. Charlie Lambert, who you know from Fox League, he almost got knocked out by a piece of tumbleweed flying through the air down the strip. <laughs> Pat Carrigan was in front of him. Wouldn't that have been a most unusual injury pre-game for a player... To have to do a mandatory concussion test, having been hit by tumbleweed in the head, I can't. It was cyclonic, so to have the indoor stadium, big tick. <laughs> to have turf brandy, I've heard the backstory. Mm. That was the biggest stumbling block. The Vegas Raiders, pretty much first impression, you're not using our turf. So there was a lot of a lot of negotiation. The university team, you don't get to use the turf. The only people who get to use the turf are the Vegas Raiders. So turf, real grass is an absolute must for our sport. Mm. So that was a big get. Um, and But but everything else, apart from food prices, and I think we're going to check in with Wally Man later. He was out in the crowd. He did said, he just said, wow, the prices. Um, yeah, well, well uh, that, that was a that was a tester. Well, you've just had a couple of coffees, haven't you, this morning? Uh, what, what's what's the coffee cost? <laughs> it, it, it is. It does look like a, a, a five litre bucket of coffee. Oh, it's a grand day. It's a grand day. Mm. So pretty much, we got um, eighty dollars Australian per diems. I've spent half of that every day in coffee. So you, you pay ten bucks American for a coffee. Like seriously, they're cracking jokes. But the Starbucks, I mean, that's just your. Your fallback, but you got to be ready for that. I mean, that's all part of the experience being gouged. Um, you know, James Magnuson about the photos down the street. Yeah, they put their hand out for twenty five dollars straight away. Plenty of tourists fall into that trap. Um, yeah, if you can, if you can <laughs> look past the conversion when you're trying to enjoy yourself, you probably are enjoying yourself. But when you convert everything, you go, oh, "How am I going to pay for this?" Yeah, yeah, Vossi, um, the. Uh you mentioned the missile and the missile he hasn't been to a, a magic round so he said i'm like i'm that keyed up after mm. you know a few years of build up yep. realizing how big it is i'm sure vegas will have the same impact on people like those that sat back and watched yeah. the start of it here in australia uh whether you have a team going next year or not and 
I don't know when we find out the teams for next year. They'll, they'll, they'll want to know pretty quickly. But I think fans in mm. general, even if you're not supporters of teams uh, that make the trip next year, will we'll just want to be there. I think that's one of the biggest ticks, Brandy. Good point. Um, I, I do think the five-year commitment is a massive big tick. Uh, obviously, very strong business relationships have been forged just in this week alone. The cooperation of this joint, this resort's world, you know, the NRL's not going to have to go back and, and do any pleading to them next time around. They're just going to say, well, we brought, you know, <laughs> we brought 2,000 patrons to your hotel for a week. How good. Um, so, you know, th- from that point of view, Allegiant Stadium have now seen rugby league work. I t- I t- here's another point. You know, we-, we had a bit of fun about, you know, what's the entertainment going to be? Now, if it was solely to an American audience, you would need a band and act, like, because that's what they are used to with their NFL. But for the Australians there last night, just just the music at, at 8 million decibels and the light show was enough. You know, and a few people there, like the crowd was in such a good mood. They didn't, you know, the league didn't need to waste a million dollars for an act on the field or, you know, half a million, whatever they pay. Mm. It was such a, it's such a great venue. It is a, it is a rock star venue that you don't need the rock stars. You know, the, yep. the stadium is the star. So they saved themselves some money there. But, um, you know, if you're going to get the American audience in, that was the, so all around us in the, in the box, Technical staff, Brandy, the audio, they were all American crew. Mm. Straight away, within 15 minutes of the game, they could not believe how fast the game was. Where's the stoppages? You know, where, you know when do you stop? We said, well, we don't. You know, that got them in. Mm. That got them in. They couldn't believe the blood. They couldn't believe it's bleeding. I uh, love the hits. They just, But the speed of the game, they'd never seen any like it. People that I shared time with yesterday who'd never seen a second of rugby league were instantly impressed. How good's that? Yeah, fantastic. Uh, we have got plenty to talk about, uh, whether it's the the Roosters and Manly getting their seasons underway with big wins against the Broncos and the Bunnies. Uh, the Waratahs knock off the Crusaders. There's golf, there's EPL this morning. Uh, so plenty to talk about. David Riccio in Vegas will join us. We've got some super fans, Vossi, that you caught up with, and they're Canadians. Uh, we'll chat to the girls, Sherry and Lily. Cameron Smith makes his return, so Cam Smith will join us after 8 o'clock. Brat joined us on the Aussies' win over the Kiwis in the first test. We are here for Bryden's Lawyers. Unable to work due to injury or illness, contact Bryden's Lawyers. Give us a call right now, one 1170 Get in the running for the Club Med Caller of the Year for your chance to win a trip to Bali worth almost ten grand, and we will announce... Uh, right here on your home of sport in Sydney, SEN 11.70am. Hazelwood to Mitchell, top edge, flies up. Hazelwood takes the catch and Australia win the test in Wellington. The Trans-Tasman Trophy is retained. The ruthless streak in this bowling attack led by Nathan Lyon has secured victory for Australia. Uh, Jared Waitley and the team did such a good job calling the the first test out of the basin in Wellington. Part of the team, of course, and we've spoken to him many times, uh, one of my favourites, Barat Sundarason, uh, is on the line from New Zealand. Uh, Barat, uh, good morning. Is it as simple as uh, Cameron Green with the bat, Nathan Lyon with the ball, that that was the difference? Too simplistic? Uh Morning, guys. I mean, yeah, I mean, as simplistic as uh, this New Zealand team just, uh, when they face Australia in a big match, or especially in Test cricket, 
uh, they just seem to lose the game uh, even before they step onto the field. I mean, there's uh, um, so much evidence of it. We've been seeing it over the last 30 years, 30 plus years now. Um, over generations of these black cap teams, they they just seem to uh, you know come to the big stage and uh, and just kind of panic. They we saw it with the bat. I mean, imagine neither uh, of the two innings getting to even 200 runs and just literally handing Australia the game at so many levels. Having said that, you're right. I mean, Cam Green uh, just played one of those uh, you know career-defining innings. Uh, and a crucial hand in the second innings as well. And Nathan Lyon, oh, top scoring and six wickets, uh, why not? Yeah, incredible, wasn't it? Re- and really, um, Barat, when you look at the first innings total of, of 383, uh, it, it should have been a lot smaller than that, shouldn't mm. it? Like, nine for 267. That uh, Josh Hazelwood did, did his job, but the Kiwis, they should have been better and, and, and you know, reduced yeah. that, that total. Oh, I mean, if you wanted to you know, uh, just get a glimpse into this uh, mental block, um, psychological disadvantage, whatever you want to call it, uh, that New Zealand seemed to have against Australia, just uh, go back to the morning of day two. Like you said, yes, uh, I mean, Cameron Green had made 100, uh, but Josh Hazelwood had just walked out to bat the previous night. And you, the feel for the first couple of overs, like, here's a young man, yes, he's made 100, he still has to start fresh. Uh, the game's at an even keel. And Tim Saudi just spreads the field out. And suddenly, if you're Cam Green, um, your, your whole mindset changes as well, right? You're like, oh, wait, am I, am I bossing the game? Looks like I am. Okay, fine. Fair enough. And, and you could see that come through in the way he started batting as well. And, uh, and you're right. And then New Zealand's batting performance uh, that, that afternoon, the, the mix-up, Kane Williamson going for a run, which was never a run. Um, and some pretty ordinary shots from everybody else. Uh, and we just saw that once again in the second inning. So, uh, yeah, I mean, a great performance from, from Australia, but, um, but not even close to being their perfect game. But it feels like they don't have to play their perfect game to beat New Zealand in Test cricket. Mm. Um, and the wicket did spin, uh, which I, I listened to many that said that that was a bit of surprise, the sort of turn that, mm. that Nathan Lyon was getting. Um it, winning does mask some problems within a team. Uh, Manus Lubbershane has, I, mm. I think it's 40 innings now, uh, and he's scored one century in those 40 innings. Um, he's, he, looks, he, he, just, he looks all at sea. Yeah, I mean, look, his test average for the first time in over five years has dropped below 50, which is generally a, a, an indicator of, uh, uh, you know, especially for a batter like him, who, who was, whose average uh, kind of... Was, kind of floated around in the early 60s for two or three years. For it to drop below 50 is a pretty strong indicator of uh, the dip in form or, or whether just the dip, uh, the diminishing returns uh, in terms of big scores in the last uh, 18 or so months. I mean, that 100 you spoke about um, saved Australia the blushes in Manchester. Uh, who knows, they must have lost the ashes without it. But, mm. uh, but you're right. And look, I mean... Uh, there's nobody who's watched more Mahanis Lavashen than, than, than me. And, and I, I have seen some positives from how he approached this test match. He was, he's no longer just batting, batting, batting for three, four hours on end. Um, he, he's tried to bring more energy to his next sessions than just time. But having said all that, all that doesn't matter if you don't score runs. And especially as a number three, like you said, just one century in 40 innings is, uh, is not good enough. Uh, but I guess... Uh, the the two or three years which he had 
where he became number one in the world. Gives him those extra credits that maybe some other batters might not have, uh, and he's got a chance to, uh, you know, make the most of most of it with this opportunity in Christchurch uh, this week. Uh, because after this, again, Australia have to wait for eight months to play their next test. Uh, he might go and play county cricket. I, though, if you want to look at little positives, I really did think he had, he looked a lot more settled in the second innings. But you know, the strangle down the leg side happens when you least want it when you're a batter out of form. Uh, and Christchurch, well, the Aussies will come in as favourites, and, and you're right about a mindset. It, it looks like. The Kiwis uh, mind when they play Australia, and it shouldn't be, but it's it's fragile. So unless they can fix that up within a few days, Barat, um, the result might be the same. Yeah, and it'll be a pretty landmark test match as well for New Zealand. Both two of their um, most successful test cricketers of all time, Kane Williamson and Tim Saudi, who literally started playing cricket together, played the Under-19 World Cup together back in 2008. Uh, will be playing their uh, 100th Test match, respectively. So um, you, there will be a lot of uh, excitement around around that. Um, but it would once again come to naught if they don't uh, really front up and uh, you know put on a performance which is which is worthy of uh, you know them being former World Test champions and it's pretty much more or less this team that got them there. And also the fact that look, you, you speak about this batting lineup not even getting to 200 uh, uh, in both innings. Uh, it's a batting lineup which in the top five has the number one and number three ranked as batters in Ken Williamson and Daryl Mitchell. So it's a batting lineup in form. And for them to uh, you know, perform so poorly against this Australian attack, again, like you said, tells a lot about uh, their psyche. But yeah, I mean, you can't just keep sitting on it. They have to find a way of breaking free. I think we might, they might go extreme in terms of the pitch, uh, leave a lot more grass on that pitch at the Hagley Oval in Christchurch. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, but yeah, something, something to just tell the Aussies that, no, you know what, we're here to like take you down. Yeah, and just, just away from the, uh, the Australian-New Zealand test match, uh, Barat Will Pukowski, uh, he was hitting the head again. Um, I, mm. I, I, you know, I, it, it's happening too regularly. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's, uh, you know, you almost... Uh, these days on social media, uh, or, or when you hear or when you see Will Pekoski trending, you're like, oh, it better not be for that. And that's what happened. Uh, that's how I found out yesterday. Like just a week after he'd made that 100, and it felt like all of Australia was rejoicing, right? In, in uh, his first Shield 100 in three or four summers. But uh, to see, uh, not just the fact that he was hit on the head, but just the way he was, it's, uh, I mean, you feel for him. Uh, it's just happened so often. Uh, and, and like, I mean, only he and his doctors can tell you, like, you know, how many more of these he can kind of sustain and still continue to play cricket. And, and unfortunately, it's happened at a time when he's just talking about feeling very confident of, you know, playing cricket regularly. Uh, he's got a county uh, contract as well. Um, so, I mean, really, like, uh, like pray to the good Lord, he somehow kind of finds a way of coming, coming out of this again. Uh, but you do wonder. How many more? How many more can uh, can he, um, as a person, forget as a cricketer, uh, just endure? Well, Barat, we're, we're looking forward to the second test in Christchurch. Uh, really appreciate your time this morning. Uh, great to chat. Uh, no worries at all, guys. And just a weather report: it's actually absolutely pelting down. So, uh, if only New Zealand could have dragged this test match today. <laughs> absolutely. Thanks, Barat. Cheers, guys. There he is, Barat Sundesason. Um, look, we're here for Bryden's lawyers, unable to work due to injury or illness. 
Contact Bryden's lawyers, uh, Vossioki, up in a moment. Maybe a text too. And now on Breakfast with Vossi and Brandy, the back page with David Riccio. Morning, Dave. It's uh, it's all been positive. The games lived up to what we hoped. The build-up was fantastic. It was uh, it, it's a it's a massive win for the NRL. Yeah. Good morning, Brandy. Good morning, Bossy. Happy birthday to you, Brandy. You're spot on. I mean, no one in their wildest dreams could have predicted what unfolded not only last night but the week, the week-long build-up. It was just a an incredible, just honestly incredible to be here in Las Vegas and to watch it unfold. And there were times, and I'm sure Vossi would agree, there were times where you were pinching yourself, reminding yourself that you were here for our little old little rugby league game that has suddenly grown up overnight. That's 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 the way it felt. It was almost like, is this happening? And then, and and within the space of 24 hours. Um, the game has grown up and it's put itself on the map. It, it was just extraordinary to watch it all unfold this week and certainly last night. No question of that. Now, can we just get... Uh, we need to deal with the Ezra Mam spencer Lenu story straight away. David, For that, there would be people that perhaps didn't stick around for the second game, won't be aware of the circumstances. So take us through what has happened, what's alleged to have happened, and, and where we're at now, and when will it be dealt with? Yeah, Vossi, look, if I'm Andrew Rabdo and or Peter Belandis, I'm absolutely filthy um, with this allegation that it has somewhat mired what should be an absolute celebration for the game. But here we have probably one of the the lowest forms of uh, ill-discipline on the on the football field and an allegation that the game can't stand for. What, what will happen, it will be a case of the, the match report being uh, the match review committee, sorry, the match review committee going over the, the facts of the matter and determining whether Spencer Lenu, who is, it is alleged, to have made a racial slur against Broncos half as Ramam, the match review committee will determine whether he is sent immediately to the judiciary um, to, to basically to, to defend himself on this case. It's As I said, I just find it like, just so disappointing mm-hmm. because... Uh, every player, all I've seen uh, this past week is every player show a responsibility to promote the game in the greatest light. And in one moment, um, we're now talking about uh, an act that nobody can stand for and the game shouldn't stand for. And Peter Volandis has already gone on the record this morning. The story's currently up and running on the Telegraph website and has declared that they, the game won't stand for it. Mm. Uh, this is a good text, uh, David and, and Andrew. Paulie from West Walls, and he says, uh, this is the first time that uh, the NRL will have more than New South Wales, Queensland, New Zealand eyes on it. There will be a lot of American media ready to pounce on the racial slur. They're very sensitive about racism. We can't expect to not get blowback from sports bodies in the US. They won't be as happy about NRL in the States as we are. This really is a test case that the NRL must send an international message with. Uh, that's a good text message from Paulie. I'll say Absolutely. this too, that's in addition to it. That's if, fantastic text message. David, if Spencer was to be found guilty of this, and it can only be on-field audio, otherwise it's a, a, you know just I'm just taking the evidence of the players, those around, I suppose. Um, but in a radio interview 
on field. Spencer said straight after the game, it's just all fun and games out on the field when he was asked about the incident. No, I'm, I'm innocent, yeah. or I didn't say that. It's a ridiculous response. I mean, it's just all fun and games on the field. Wow, that's not going to help his case if they come up with audio evidence. No, it was a really poor take, wasn't it, from Spencer, uh, attempting to explain the situation away. And we know a lot of players have said that in the past, that what happens on the field stays on the field. But certainly the game, as I've said, it, it, it goes far beyond that. Racial vilification is something, and to the text message that just came through, absolutely spot on. Mm. And that's what I was referring to earlier. The game has, has had to grow up overnight. If you want to take it to the international stage, well, you've now got more eyes than ever watching every move you make. And, and this, is, this is absolutely a huge, huge moment for the game to, to show that they won't, they won't stand um, and, 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 and allow such behaviour uh, to be, to be let, let, let go softly. Like it's, it's, they've got an opportunity to hear the NRL. I'm going to watch it closely. Mm. Uh, now, you were with South all week in the build-up, David. Uh, they won't be happy about that. Mm. Uh, a lot of points. And, look, it made for a fantastic game to watch. And it was a great spectacle for, for any of those that had not seen rugby league and were getting their first look at it. Because it had just about everything. But uh, South won't be happy with uh, you know giving up 36 points. No, spot on, Brandy. I think that's the biggest factor of all, leaking 36 points in the first round of the season is not, not what you're looking for. I must say that the, the entire preparation of South Sydney was, was fantastic. Um, you know, certainly Cody Walker uh, was A-OK to play. Uh, but they just, they had every opportunity to win that game. I think they led 20 points to 12 in the, yep. you know, just uh, probably 10 minutes into the second half. And, 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 and I must say, I must say, I was, I was standing and applauding South Sydney's try-saving defence. They they came up with some massive last-ditch plays in the first half mm. to keep Manly from, um, from from scoring. And and I thought this is a side that's high on attitude and high on effort. I couldn't believe it was the same team that walked off the pitch having leaked 36 points. And um, look, uh, Jason Demetrio, post-match press conference, Brandy Bossy, he spoke about the 15-minute window. That's he was lamenting that the 15-minute period of which the, the Bunnings just let the game slip and Manly ran away with it. I've got to give Manly credit. I, I didn't expect that top performance. I thought it would take a little bit more time uh, on the on the basis of a, a brand-new spine, the arrival of Luke Brooks. Tom Trebojevic was fantastic. In fact, the all Trebojevic brothers, uh, Ben and Jake, were also outstanding. Um, it was a terrific win by Manly, really strong. Now, Brandy, I'll bring you in because I, I didn't get a chance to ask you about Broncos and Roosters. Let's start with the beaten grand finalists, Brandy, and get your opinion in a moment, David. Quick summation of Brisbane. It is round one. Do you have reason to be concerned on what you saw? Uh, no, I wouldn't. I, I don't think the Broncos, you know, they, they weren't great. They weren't fantastic. Uh, Pia Cora injury sort of, you know, meant that they had to play Carrigan on an edge and bring Hetherington into the middle. Reese Walsh looked dangerous. Like, that was a, that was a great... Uh, piece of play that Walsh left uh, left uh, Swali'i just stranded, just just beat him with speed and footwork to set up a try for Dean Mariner. I I, I wouldn't be that concerned if I was the Broncos. Uh, looked a little bit clunky in attack, um, but uh, I, I think they'll turn it around pretty quickly. They've got the players too. David, what's the fallout from the Broncos yeah. side of things? Yeah, Bossy, I look... 
I'm I'm with Brandy. There's no way in the world you would you would start to put a line through the Broncos off one one performance. But they but they it does they didn't do they didn't do a good enough job uh, for me to say that they're going to be okay with the departure of Herbie Farmworth, Kirk Capel, and Thomas Flegler. And that's the concern for me. If how do they respond losing such three quality players? Uh, as I said, and, and I just felt as though that it might take a little bit longer. Uh, Brennan Piakura is a is a uh, Brennan's right. Like it was an ill-timed um, departure from the field, mm. but at the same time, they don't have a, a mass amount of depth now uh, in that back row position. Brennan Piakura has only played, you know, close to twenty first grade games. So, you know, that's a long way from Kirk Capel, who's played in grand finals and premierships. And so that's just that little bit of concern for me. No way in the world will I write them off. They've got too many good players. But it was it, I just wanted to see a little bit more. David, let me ask you one last thing. Now, I, this is probably a question a lot of people want to hear the answer to. And whether we get absolute transparency, is it vital? Maybe not. What has it all cost? Um, my information is... Could, the NRL could be $2 million out of pocket at the end of this. I'm saying that's a worthwhile investment. And we're in a gambling city of Vegas. That's a $2 million investment for a payday that maybe 10 years down the track we're talking in the hundreds of million dollars. Is that what you're hearing, what the, what the, what the ledger will stay and what this has all cost? Yeah, Bossy, that's the ballpark figure that's been bandied around. There's certainly no definitive figure that the NRL are willing to declare on how much it costs, but certainly that $2 million figure is being bandied around. I'm with you. Like, I don't think we'll see the ultimate rewards until the, you know, the end of this five-year term. I, 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 I just can't see how it's not going to be a success based on what we saw last night and throughout this week. What was what was so important with the relationships that were built this week in Las Vegas? With I'll give you a quick example. But the uh, all club CEOs throughout the NRL were here in Las Vegas. They had a meeting with the San Francisco 49ers um, executive team uh, while they were here. Now the San Francisco 49ers um, have offered their services, have offered their help to to help promote rugby league and the next installment of the Las Vegas kickoff. They've offered to use their contact, their relationships, and that just can't be formed sitting back at home in Sydney, Brisbane or Melbourne. Like it, it was just so important to be on the ground here and the relationships that have been formed are going to help the NRL year on year. A uh, couple of quick ones, David. TV ratings, when will they come out from the States? And also, when do the teams for next year get announced or do we have to wait until you know, the draws close to being done next at the end of the year? Well, I think the TV ratings will be um, available today. We should get uh, word of that today. Second question, the NRL are absolutely focused on announcing the next four teams as soon as possible. And that will be a base uh, case of getting back uh, to Australia, uh, drawing on all the feedback, looking at all the numbers and working out what worked and what didn't and then putting it to all the clubs to determine if they want to be part of it next year. But ultimately, the NRL want to make a call ASAP Mm -hmm. uh, on on the basis of giving fans, sponsors and corporates as much leading time, as much notice 
to book their flights to get over here next year. Uh, you know, what are we? It's, it's March. I would think we'll know by May, June. Dave, the, the coverage has been great. Uh, it's been fantastic. Uh, the access you've given us, uh, you've been with South Sydney in the build-up in San Diego. Uh, safe trip home, mate. Um, all the best, and, and thanks for, for all the time you've spent on the phone with us over the last 10 days. Absolute pleasure, boys. Thank you. Go well. Yes, we are back for the final hour of the program. Vossi, of course, coming out of Las Vegas, I think floor 52 of Resort World, and uh, things are going a little bit haywire. Um, Vossi's been great for the first hour and a half. <laughs> I, you, you can hear me, Andrew, but before you say anything, uh, let me introduce for the first time this year, great to have him back, uh, the GOAT, Cameron Smith, joining the program. Cam, how are you, Good. mate? Good morning, boys. Great to be back on air. Um, seems like a long time since we last spoke, but uh, how good. The footy's back. A couple of great games of footy yesterday. Uh, pre-season um, competition was great as well. Good to hear your voices, boys. Uh, you know what? Um, it's good to hear your voice too. And it has been a, it has been a long It's been a long summer. Um, and uh, so, what have you been up to? Like for it's because it's been three months at mm, least, mm. at least. Yeah, no, uh, a lot of running around uh, chasing my children. They've been flat out playing their sports. Um, a little bit of golf, brandy as mm-hmm. well. Good. So, uh, trying to bring that handicap down a little bit. It's not, it's not moving that fast, but that comes in handy on the comp days. I must admit, um, <laughs> to have the higher handicap, but. Uh, no, just trying to relax. It was a big year last year with the footy um, and and well, the commitments going on, but um, yeah, just uh, just well, trying to relax a little bit. It's been very wet up here in southeast Queensland, though. So. Yeah, okay, hot, humid, oh, um, hot and yep. humid. Yeah. Mm. Um, so one of the things that I I did pick up over the summer, and you you spoke about it being a big year, and mm. uh, I'm here, Vossi. Good morning. You, you join. You're, you're back. <laughs> yeah. good, good morning. Good, good afternoon. <laughs> Can I just say, I, I probably it should have clicked to me, boys, when I went to the T-Mobile shop, mm. that the bloke was dressed as Elvis, who sold me the, the uh, bit of equipment for 500 Australians. So, I, I think I, I think I've been scammed. I'm holding this little thing that may as well now be a doorstop or a door wedge from T-Mobile. <laughs> Thanks a bloody lot, guys. Um, yeah, fantastic, fantastic. 500. So, mm. so we've got you on via the phone now. So you, you're just you're just on your phone. The the, the, the gears packed it in. Uh, Cameron, just back to what yes. I was saying and, and about mm. uh, it being a busy 2023. Mm. Uh, you've decided to step aside from Origin. Uh, yes, that's right, Brandy. Yeah. So I spoke with Billy um, oh, about six weeks ago now. Um, big decision, though. You know, mm. giving up that opportunity and and you know yourself, Brandy. You've you've now um, finished up with the Blues, but. Because that's a it's a privileged position, right? To be to be involved with the caliber of players and at that level of football in state of origin, it's it's as big as it gets. But um, it was just a a timing thing. It was just sort of I'm a bit time poor at the moment, um, given you know the the commitments with you know my own work, but uh, also the children as well. Um, as I said, they're very busy with their own sport, and I've taken on a new role. I'm I'm, I'm coaching the under-15s Corumban Eagles footy side. So okay. um, I've, I've thrown my hat in the ring to be a coach, but not at the, you know, sort of elite level of NRL or state of origin. It's it's going back to grass footy, and it's been great. I've, we've been um, training now for about five weeks, and um, 
it's been nice to go back to you know that that junior level and and watch, just watch the young young boys and girls run around, um, you know, twice a week. You know, they they come home from school, they get their footy gear on, they get down to the local footy club, and they're just there having fun, mm. you know. And it sort of takes you back to you know all those years back where you were playing your junior football, and and sort of a reminder of how fun it it actually was, you know, when you're a teenager playing footy. Yep. I, th- I think one of the great things as a parent is to uh, watch your kids play sport. And it doesn't matter what sport it is, you know, whether it's basketball, yep. Uh, yep. whether it's touch footy, whether it's, you know, footy, uh, anything, cricket. But watching your kids play sport is uh, very rewarding. It ca- can be nerve-wracking too. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, the older they get, the, the, the bigger the kids get, the harder the hits, you know. Yep. The, so you, yep. you sort of wear it both sides. But I, I understand... Cam, I, I coached my two of my boys, two of the four. I coached two of them for sort of. I spent uh, you know about ten years in junior mm. league. It was mm. fantastic. It's, how did you go? How did you go with the nerves? Like, was it um, more nerve wracking for you coaching your boys than it was when when you played first grade? Yeah, or, or probably probably was. Yeah, yes, yes. that's yes. how I feel too. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I don't know how you felt. Like, I, I I'm more nervous now as a watcher of footy than I was as a player of footy. <laughs> Like absolutely, yeah. whether it's your kids playing or whether it's your mm. team playing, um, mm. but uh, it's it's one of the great things you can do. The Vegas reaction now now yes. the, the build up was enormous and mm-hmm. and I kept thinking, well, I hope I hope the games. You know, we're talking about round one games. Yep. Will they live up to it? There was a lot of chat about the narrow field and uh, you know possible you know someone hurting get, getting hurt uh, being mm. that close. When I saw it, I went, oh wow, that. Gee, I hope no one gets hurt. Um, yeah. It, it lived up to everything, didn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it, it exceeded a, a lot of people's expectations. Certainly mine. I, when I found out we were going over there at first, I was a little bit skeptical, skeptical about the entire um, idea and, and you know the process of getting over there and getting the four teams ready to go and what sort of quality sort of games we're going to um, showcase. That that was, I guess, what everyone was a little bit nervous about. As you mentioned, Brandy, being... You know, those early matches, sometimes it can be a little bit clunky, a little bit messy. But I, I'll tell you what, you you got to take your hats off to the, the four teams that went over. It was fantastic. I, you know, I sat down and watched both games yesterday and I, I could not take my eyes off the, off the TV. It, it was so good. Especially, I, I really found the first game, Manly and, and the Rabbitohs, very entertaining. There's, you know, mm. We love seeing tries scored, right? <laughs> and there's lots of points scored in that game and a lot of open-style footy. Um I think it was a huge, huge success. Um, and I'm sure I was actually sitting there and I was thinking to myself, if I was still playing um, and I wasn't involved in these four sides that went over, I'd be sitting back thinking, geez, I wish we get an invitation in, in the next couple of years. I'd love to get over there and just experience that that one-off opportunity of, of playing somewhere like Las Vegas. Andrew, are you still with us? <laughs> oh, yeah. Who's I'm loving, I'm loving you, the chat. Just loving the chat actually. You, you, can, um, you can fire a question I'm, if you I'm want. Currently, boys, I'm currently walking out towards the <laughs> desert to see if I get a better signal. I'm just walking. Um, we've lost – you can call me Doug for the rest of the show. We've lost Doug. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on a mattress now. Like, seriously, T-Mobile, get your act together. Pull your socks up. Have we got that segment today? Pull your socks up. Oh, dear. T-Mobile. Cameron, I'm going to put you on the spot right now. David Riccio came mm-hmm. on our program after mm-hmm. 7 o'clock this morning yep. and said it will be sooner rather than later 
that the NRL will look to um, work out which teams come here next year. Now, one of our yeah. uh, listeners quite rightly pointed out, well, who the Premier is will affect that because the World Club Challenge, would that be part of here? If it's played somewhere else, well, that team couldn't come. Who do you mm. think? What's the short list for teams? Are they are they all eligible? Do you think they're all leading contenders? Or are there some more than others that should be here next? I'm going to put forward the Warriors. I think the Warriors mm. should be here next year. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you. I think they're, well, number one, they're an entertaining footy side to watch, right? So it's it's all about the product and, and what we take over there and, and what we want to showcase to, to the new audience, like and we're targeting Americans. That's it's no doubt about that, um, because of the large TV audience that they can bring to our game. Um, so Warriors, most definitely throw them in. Um, but I don't know. I don't think I don't think it needs to be a, a certain pool of of clubs. Um, you know, certainly. You, I guess naturally you, you're targeting the sides that do well the previous season. I, I'm, I'm guessing. You know. You don't want to be sort of taking the teams that that don't do so so well because then you sort of you're not sure what type of product you're going to get, what type of performance you're going to get in that in that game because you want high quality football matches. What we seen yesterday, um, but I, you know, I, I think I, I'm not too sure if you ask all the coaches coaches around the competition how um, excited they would be about the prospect of you know taking their sides over. I think they they. Most coaches would much prefer to be settled in Australia, not have their teams travel so far away, play a game, travel home, have a week off, and then get back into the season. I think they'd they'd much prefer to stay in Australia with their preparations for the season. But as a player, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't get too much better than those scenes that we seen yesterday. The pitches were fantastic, the games were great, um, and, and as I said, I'm a, I'm a retired player now. Like I, I retired three years ago. Uh, but I would have, I would have jumped at the opportunity to go over and, and play in that game. Mm. Okay, so if you looked, if you th- if you thought that you were going to send the teams that did did well the previous year, I, mm. I guess well the Warriors would be one. Um, and if you're talking about because you, as David Riccio said to us, Cam, he said, well, mm. you know, the league would want to get on the front foot and and get get the sides out there pretty quickly, like. Not yeah. wait until the end of the year. No. So, so then you'd be looking at the Warriors, the Storm, the Panthers, possibly Newcastle, who finished yep. fifth last year. They're, yeah, you know, they're, I, they're four teams, three out of the top four. Yeah, absolutely. I think those those four teams would, would be great for the game to go over. Um, you know, but in saying that, you know, we're talking about that issue with the, the team winning the competition. Those those four we just named, they'll be in the hunt again this year. Mm. You know, as well as you know the the teams that went went across. Um, over the last week um, to Vegas, including the Broncos. And, you know, Manly look fantastic as well. Rabbitohs are always there about. So um, I think, uh, you know, I think you, you need to take into account, the, you know, the, what they've done in the previous season. But I, I do agree with um, with yourself, Brandy and, and, and Dave, about let, let's, let's get some teams locked away now. Mm. Because by doing, by doing that, it, it gives those clubs time to prepare for that that travel, um, you know, organising all the logistical stuff for overseas, but also it gives their fans an opportunity to start to start locking in, you know, their yep. travel, their itinerary. They can book some early flights, they can book accommodation, they can book a whole sort of 
mm-hmm. package to go over there and 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 maybe we see like the, the crowd we got was fantastic like 40,000 over in United States for a doubleheader NRL game was great maybe if we give that that bit more time um, where teams are locked away, yep, we might get sixty thousand. Who oh, knows? I, I think, I think, yeah. And and, and we, I've sort of compared it to what people thought of Magic Round initially. Well, yes. you know, it was good, <laughs> it was good, but then all of a sudden, you know, you you're talking about Magic Round this year, where everyone wants to be part of it. Like it's mm-hmm. just, and that, I'm sure that will happen with Vegas. Uh, one of the one of the, the the things that well, there wasn't many, you know downers throughout the the whole mm. preparation the games yesterday but one uh one moment from Spencer Lenu allegedly yep. um you know he's uh what do you think should happen if it's proven that uh you know Spencer has said what has been reported yeah well look you know if, if it's proven he's in a lot of strife mm. I, I think it's simple as that brandy it's simple as that you know we, the the league um the commission i think uh, the the league community as a whole take you know racism very seriously. Um, you know we've seen it in the past with with abuse that players have copped from from fans um, across the fence, um, and they've been treated accordingly. And I don't think it, it changes whether you're it's it's player to player. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's it's unfortunate given given what a great. Um, experience this was for our game overseas and now for this to just to be hanging over it like a like a like a dark cloud it's unfortunate and it yeah if it happened and you know it seemed like Ezra Mam and and these teammates were were quite strong about the allegation um it's just ordinary it's it's ordinary on on the part of Spencer Lenu you know for him to do that and, and think that's okay um so he'll be if it's pro- if it's proven that he that he actually said it he'll be treated um, and dealt with accordingly. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of opinions flying around the moment. You know, I've seen some saying, you know, it's, it's you know, it's bad, get it out of the game. Others saying, look, you know, they're men. It happened in the heat of battle. Just get on with it. At the end of the day, the only opinion that matters is Ezra Mams mm. and how it affected him. And, and, and obviously it, it affected him deeply. So I think that it needs to be dealt with accordingly. Yeah, I think it's bigger than a, a rugby league issue, to be honest, because it's it's mm. society expectations. It's not just yep. you know rugby league fans expecting better yep. from their athletes. So you know, society now where it's twenty twenty four, we've come way beyond that even entering the thought that you would say such a thing. So I, yep. I I can't on this instance where previously over the years and we've looked at cases and two blokes are, are, you know have, have, have got their fists up about the yep. punch and things are said. That can be heat of battle, but this mm. expression cannot be in this case. Um, no. We are far beyond having that uh, logic or that, that sort of defence applied. So he found guilty, and I guess they're going to go through all the audio tapes to, to, to see what they pick up. The referee is mic'd up. I would assume there is a feed of this. Mm. Um, I'm probably, the more I thought about it, I thought, well, you know, we're probably not going to deal with it until we go home. Sorry, NRL guys that are over here hoping to have a little bit of time off today before they fly home. I think you've got to deal with it, like, now. Yeah, like, yeah. We, we'll yeah. agree. Put it this way. The officials are not going home until 11 o'clock tonight, most of them. So that gives them another – let me just check my watch. That's another 10 hours away. Mm. Now, I would think sometime in the next two or three hours, they, they need to examine that audio. They need. Mm. I, I think deal with it now. 
Deal yeah, if it's it possible to do it, yes, I, I agree. Yeah. Get get it get it over and done with. Get it get it done before you get on the planes and fly home. Uh, Cam, we, we've released our eights and our our uh, grand finalists, premiers, wooden spooners. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Have you got? Can you share any light? Shed any light on uh, what you're thinking? Well, well, I know it's early days, and you sort of take the result out of um, what happened yesterday. I still feel as though the Broncos are my favourites for the Premiership. Um, just given the way they played last year, they got so close. They were within, what was it, 15 minutes, 16 minutes mm-hmm. of uh, of taking out the Premiership. And it took an extraordinary effort by uh, the Penrith Panthers to come back and win that game. So um, having been in that position before where you get <laughs> you get so close to winning a grand final and you're beaten, I, I know exactly what the feeling's like spending that whole off-season thinking about that one match, not even that whole match, It's it, you'd be thinking about the final 15 minutes and, and what you could have done differently to, to change the result of that game. So um, I, I think there'll be there'll be still be a, a plenty of hurt um, deep in the soul of the, the Broncos players, and, and I reckon they'll, they'll come out and, for, for mine, they're going to be the favourites. Um, as far as the top eight's concerned, um, do I have any Smokies? I think we'll see. I think we'll see much of the same from um, most of the teams that were in there last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so the sides that weren't in there, so so that like the sides that might challenge, mm-hmm. uh, the Eels didn't make it last year. South Sydney didn't no. make it last year. Do you, mm-hmm. do you see either of those jumping into the eight? Well, like the Rabbitohs are a dead set top eight side. Mm-hmm. They're a dead set top eight top eight side. But what we seen from them yesterday was. I feel they're I feel they're they're a a better football side in general, right? Than than the Manly Seagulls, but their lapses of concentration cost them. Their lapses of concentration cost them last year. Like they were they were sitting, weren't they leading the comp eleven after rounds, twelve runs, yep, yeah, yep. eleven or twelve rounds, yep. And then and then they go on this this horrible horrible run where they just could not find, uh, they could hardly find a victory. Their defence went out the window and they just they just fell off the cliff at the end of the year. So that's a concerning thing for me for the Rabbitohs is that is that if they can find some consistency, they'll they'll be well and truly in the top eight. So I'd like to think that, yeah, it, they've got too many good players, too many good players to not be a part of the top eight this year. Mm, okay. What what about another one that I, I found room for this team? Uh mm. the Cowboys. Very disappointing last year yes. after a great twenty twenty two season. Can they mm-hmm. Can they bounce back? Yeah, well, I had the, I had uh, the Cowboys as, um, I think, minor premiers last year, and they've, <laughs> yeah, they well and truly let me down. <laughs> so I'd like to see, I'd like to think that they're going to bounce back. And again, they're another side with too many quality individuals not to be there. Mm. Um, you know, again, it's just a matter of them finding what made them such a good footy side um, a couple of years back was was their resilience in defence and the way that they were able to, you know, play with a bit of flair but also play with a bit of control. And I think that that went by the wayside last year. So if they can find that that really good mix where they where they find a sweet spot of their football, I think they should be playing um, some finals footy this year as well.